Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back to our podcast, and today we have Dr. Brandon Jackson, General Surgeon from California Academic Hospital, who's going to give us the surgeon's approach to HIV-associated malignancies. Welcome, Dr. Jackson. Thank you very much. How is HIV related to cancer? So the immune system is responsible for destroying invading carcinogenic viruses. The immune system is responsible for destroying invading carcinogenic viruses and mutated or transformed cancer cells, a process called tumor immune surveillance. HIV infection targets and destroys CD4 lymphocytes, which include T helper cells, which regulate the immune system. This results in immune dysfunction and the collapse of tumor immune surveillance. What kinds of cancers are related to HIV? So there are three distinct subsets of cancer patients which can be recognized. Number one, you have the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome or AIDS-defining malignancies. Then you get the non-AIDS-defining malignancies associated with HIV infection. And then thirdly, you can get malignancies which occur generally in any given population that can also be present in HIV-infected individuals. Does the severity of the HIV infection increase the risk of these patients getting cancer? Yes. The more severe the infection, the higher the chance of malignancy, specifically the AIDS-defining malignancies. Um, And then how would you classify the severity of HIV infection? So according to the World Health Organization or the WHO, they classify the severity of infection by either immunological status or the clinical status of the patient. The immunological classification, which is based on the absolute number of CD4 lymphocytes, which is measured in cubic millimeters, Um, So you get four stages of immunological classification. Stage one would be considered as non-significant, where the CD4 count is greater than 500, mild with between 350 and 500, advanced between 200 and 350, and then severe, which is CD4 of less than 200. You also get the clinical staging of HIV AIDS, um, which is determined by the opportunistic infections or the clinical signs. Um, So clinical stage one would indicate mild disease, where stage four would indicate a severe um, disease, which is also then known as AIDS, or or the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Just to add on though, viral load is not used for formal classification systems. However, clinicians may use it for viral treatment response. So in an HIV positive patient that's diagnosed with one of the AIDS defining cancers, are these automatically stage four HIV infections? Yes, that is correct. And that is then regardless of the CD4 level. What are the AIDS-defining cancers? So the three AIDS-defining cancers, number one, Kaposi's sarcoma, which is caused by the human herpes virus 8, which is also known as the Kaposi's-related virus. You get the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is caused by Epstein-Barr virus, specifically aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then thirdly, you can get cervical carcinoma, which is caused by the human papillomavirus. I guess the next question then would be, what are non-AIDS defining cancers that are associated with HIV? The non-AIDS defining cancers, um, so you can get Hodgkin's lymphoma, lung cancer, anal cancer, and liver cancer. In your opinion, has the antiretroviral therapy era affected the incidence of HIV related cancers? So AIDS defining cancers appear to be decreasing in the antiretroviral era, but there's a trend of increased non-AIDS defining cancers in the HIV positive population. Uh, 
The risk of non-age defining malignancies is also higher when the ARVs or the antiretrovirals is interrupted. Are all cancers increasing in patients with HIV infection? Well, actually, some cancers have not shown to increase um, or not. Well, sorry. <laughs> is the incidence of all cancer types increasing in HIV infected patients? Some cancers have not shown to increase incidence. Oh, sorry, man. Does this sound right? Mm. I'm going to turn your question around and say some cancers have not shown an increased incidence in HIV, such as breast, prostate, colon, rectum, and ovarian. In other words, most cancer types have actually increased in HIV positive patients. What is the role of a surgeon with regards to AIDS defining cancers? A surgeon is generally involved in four instances. Number one, cancer where the primary role of surgery is to assist during diagnostic workup. The second instance is where the primary treatment involves a surgeon. The third instance um, is when the surgeon has to get involved for surgical complications. And the fourth instance is when surgery is an incidental... What? Maybe let's do the following again. A surgeon is generally involved in four instances to assist during diagnostic workup where the primary treatment involves surgery or a surgical option, cancer complications that can also be treated by surgical intervention and for palliative needs. Maybe going back a little step, what are the biopsy options that we can use to diagnose these cancers? Many cancer diagnoses may be established using less invasive techniques of tissue sampling such as fine needle aspiration cytology and core needle biopsy. However, where detailed histological classification and grading are required for prescribing and planning specific chemoradiotherapy, an open surgical biopsy is usually mandatory, such as in lymphomas. Gastrointestinal tract malignant um, biopsy may be achieved with an endoscopic biopsy. What would be some common complications that a general surgeon would see in HIV-associated cancers? Many of the AIDS-defining malignancies and non-AIDS-defining malignancies may present for the first time with gastrointestinal tract complications or develop these during their non-surgical cancer treatment. Kaposi's and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma may present with hemorrhage, obstruction or perforation. Such complications should be treated accordingly. Should advanced HIV-related cancers be subjected to surgical interventions? At times, surgery cannot treat advanced cases, but may still be used to improve patient comfort. However, in a moribund patient with full-blown AIDS, it may be more humane not to subject a dying patient to surgical trauma and to allow the patient to die with dignity. Dr. Jackson, do you have any final comments? The primary aim of HIV-related cancer management should be prevention, early detection, and treatment. Treatment of cancer should always involve a multidisciplinary team approach. Thank you for a nice overview of HIV-associated malignancies, and I'm sure we'll hear from you in future podcasts. Thank you very much. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www taxfm.co.today for young, fresh and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series where we shed light on common surgical topics.